Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well That's done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? listening to the words and nerds podcast on this podcast we chat about books the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world i'm your host danny b today i welcome michelle wilson michelle lives in queensland is a primary school teacher delights in making kids laugh and her down-to-earth writing sparks curiosity and helps children better understand themselves and the world welcome michelle thanks danny lovely to be here And not only that, we welcome a second guest tonight, Rebecca Ralph. Rebecca's passion for adventure and storytelling led to a career as an anthropologist in remote areas of Australia. Rebecca began writing funny, inspiring and entertaining stories from her beach shack in Cairns. Milo's Little Secret is her first picture book and Rebecca hopes to engage children of all ages and abilities in the adventure of storytelling. We are here today to talk about their magnificent picture books published by Larrikin House. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, Danny. Great to be here. Today, Michelle, we're going to talk about your picture book, Crocs Don't Do Yoga, and Rebecca Ralph, author of Milo's Little Secret. So we might start by getting a bit of an elevator pitch, Michelle, for Crocs Don't Do Yoga. I mean, I can probably sort of guess. Yeah, well, um, Connie the Croc is a snappy crocodile who lives um, on the banks of Constant Creek and her creek friends want to try and help her get a little bit more calm. So they introduce her to the benefits of yoga and meditation and, of course, it works and she becomes a calm crocodile. Uh, I was going to say, is that the problem with crocodiles all along? They just need a bit of meditation, a bit of calm, a bit of, you know... uh... I can't even think of a yoga position. <laughs> well, that is actually it's funny you say that because um, no spoiler, but at the end of the book, you know, you're left trying to figure out what a Crocs yoga move would be. Mm. So, yeah, mm. there you go. You can ponder on that. Because they, they do have the animal poses when you do yoga. You mm. know, they have um, bringing the animals to it. 
interesting. Well, I like that. I'd like to see a croc doing yoga. Rebecca, talk to us about Milo's little secret. Sure. Well, Milo's little secret is about a very cheeky but very lovable cat named Milo who loves to mooch his way around the neighbourhood, um, sneaking extra meals as he goes. And one day Milo actually goes missing. And so all of his families around the neighbourhood go out looking for him and his little secret is revealed. Mm. Uh, and from there the families have to find Milo and decide what to do with mm. to get him back in shape. When you write these manuscript for picture books, you know, 250 to 500 words and then, you know, how, I don't know what your process was, but I'm assuming you sort of sent them off to publishers. How do you pitch these ideas or how did you pitch these ideas to uh, the publishing house? Michelle? Yeah, well, I actually had no idea what I was doing. Um, I have always wanted to write something, um, but I just got the idea for Connie one day when my mum and my daughter were mucking around playing this snappy crocodile game. And at the same time, there was a big crocodile getting around Mackay, where, I, where I'm from. And I just um, came up with this sort of idea and then just sat down at the computer and it just, the story just came out. And so I wrote it and then I didn't really know what to do. So I literally just Googled what to do, how to get a book published. And, and then um, I did a bit of research into the publishing houses and I came up with Larrikin and it was funny because when I read Larrikin's website and the stories that they were making, I, was, I, I just thought it would be a perfect fit. And um, because I'm a teacher and I, re I obviously read all the submission process and I, and I did a bit of research and putting the, like the proposal and the, um, and the submission together, um, I just knew that yoga and mindfulness was becoming a really big market, especially with kindy children and lower primary kids. Yeah, so I knew that uh, it was a big market and I just needed to pretty much sell the fact that this was a unique approach and uh, a new angle for helping children to become more mindful and introduce them to the benefits of yoga. So, and I think James, he was definitely aware of um, how big yoga has become in schools. So, yeah. Mm, interesting. And although you didn't have any publishing or writing experience before, I mean, being a primary teacher, do you think reading all those books aloud to kids really gave you the idea of how picture books are structured, the rhythm of a picture book, those kind of things? Yeah, so that's right. So I, you know, like I said, I've always, I've always has, I have been writing things. Um, and I did look at the main, like, okay, it can't be more than 500 words. You know, I went through the basic rules of a picture book. Um, and also my daughter, she was a terrible sleeper and she hated going to sleep. And I would literally have to read her sometimes 10 to 20 books a night. So I think when you just immerse yourself in so much children's literature and picture books, you just pick up on that, on the rhythm and the rhyme. And I was reading a lot of Julia Donald's books as well. Mm -hmm you know, just ingrained in my psyche. So I think it just sort of, yeah, it does. When, you, when you're reading all of those books every night, you sometimes talk and rhyme, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your journey to publishing. Is it similar or a bit different? Um, similar. I started off writing a couple of stories about props too. Suddenly oh, there you go. Well, we've seen the same area. Yeah. North well, Queensland. Exactly. North Queensland, there's a few around. So, um yeah, but I had no idea about the publishing industry as well and I 
um, I've always written as part of my career and and things that was very different kind of writing. And once again, emerged in the world of picture books with three little children for years. And um, I just started kind of writing a few stories down to save myself having to make them up every night, um, which was, yeah, started the process, I guess. And I actually found that a really great creative outlet thing at a mama at home was um, something I didn't know I needed and started doing it more and um, wrote more stories. I started researching the industry and getting to know what to do, um, entered competitions. I had some success there and got some grants to go along to conferences and a few things like that. So I learnt along the way. I actually entered another story in this inner competition and that shortlisted and all the shortlisted entries were sent to Larrikin House. I think they were starting out and looking for some um, material and he really liked it, called about that story, said um, send some more through and which I did and then he was like oh he saw he saw Milo and liked that one better so he went with that. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> now, with a picture book, I think so much has to be said in so little words, you know, and I find that is is quite a challenge. You know, if you're writing a novel, there's challenges in that as well, obviously, but you've got a lot of, you know, space to write what you need to write. Now, did you find that, Michelle, we'll start with you, a huge challenge in the writing process of thinking, I need to get all these ideas, I need to convey a narrative, I need to develop characters in you know, 250 to 500 words. Did you find that a challenge? So with this particular book, I didn't. I mean, since writing this book um, and I, like, I was very lucky, like I, I got a contract with this book and it was my, really my first book that I've really tried to submit to publishers, but I've tried to re- write a lot of books since then. And I, you know, now know the industry pretty well inside out and I've been doing courses and things like that. And I'm, find it very very difficult but with this story for some reason I just knew exactly what I needed to do with it and I and and so I didn't find the story I found getting the the rhyme and the rhythm harder than getting the actual narrative in but I must admit um the the story has changed quite a lot from the time that I submitted it to Larrikin to what the finished product is yeah so um it, it did go through a pretty long editing process and the narrative did change a little bit and it's a much stronger story now than it was when I first submitted it. But, um, no, I didn't find that hard for that particular story. But, yeah, for all the others I have, I found <laughs> it really hard. It's funny. The more you know, the more you overthink and the harder it is <laughs> So, in some ways. I think I've just peaked too early in my writing career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think that. No, and I think, but I think I wasn't overthinking it. I was just writing yeah. completely for enjoyment and completely for fun, and so it 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 just it flowed out of me quite easily. Mm. But I don't it's know. What to be said for that. Yeah, <laughs> Rebecca, what about you? Did you find that challenging? The uh, telling so much story in so few words. I think in the beginning, when I first started writing the picture books, yeah, I think it was. Um, I had a tendency to put more on the page and then, but I quite enjoy the editing process, going back and cutting mm. things out and refining. I really 
quite enjoy that. I like getting the story out. I don't care about how many words. But I find now stories that I write, I tend to get first go, def definitely under the 500, just, I think, comes with practice. You just kind of know what you're doing and, yeah, it just gets easier. Well, I think the one thing that I have found too that I've learned is leaving more up to the illustrator mm -hmm. as a way of cutting down your words. Yeah. So, you know, because I can't draw and I can't illustrate, I really wasn't aware of how much, how important that is, is to leave, yeah. leave things up to the illustrator. And that's a great way to be able to cut your words down. Mm -hmm. And it's also the, the beauty of picture books because, mm -hmm. you know, you can tell stories in two ways, you know, the visual and with the writing and you can tell them, you know, and sometimes I love when the pictures say something extra about the story or they oppose what the story is saying. Like I really enjoy that in picture books. Well, um, actually, the illustrator for this book, Crockstone Diogo, she put a secret narrative in the pictures, which I just love. Yeah, you know? that's amazing. And yeah, so I wouldn't have ever thought of doing something like that. And it just tells this whole different story mm. in the pictures. Mm, no, that's amazing. And that rich collaboration, you know, that you couldn't have done on your own, that someone else comes up with and then you have this beautiful story with sort of two stories inside it or more. I love that. Well, let's do something a bit cool. Let's grab Crocs Don't Do Yoga, Michelle, and read it to us. Okay. All right. Story times with Story Michelle. time. Yeah, story times at Words and Nerds. Okay. So if you want to put your kids to bed, okay. now's the time. Crocs Don't Do Yoga. Connie the Croc from Constant Creek was a spirited youngster with a stubborn streak. Deep down she knew she was caring and kind, but if things went wrong, she could lose her mind. If she didn't win the weekly mud race, Connie would pout and screw up her face. If you dared disrupt her morning nap, you'd better watch out for a serious snap. Her breath would shorten, her jaws lock tight, her teeth would grind, her head would ignite. When sticky mud got between each toe, Connie's frustration would grow and grow. While she was aware of this difficult trait, she just put it down to terrible fate. Till Gabby the Yabby crawled out of her hole. She had a solution for this lack of control. Have you ever tried yoga or meditation? Asked Gabby, the clever saltwater crustacean. Crocs don't do yoga, Connie sniggered at Gabby, as if we meditate. Now don't make me crabby. Why not? Asked Gabby. It's easy to do. It helps keep you calm and brings happiness too. Many of us who here who live in the creek do yoga together on Monday each week. We practice deep breathing and share our moves. Come on, Connie, what's there to lose? Perry the prawn shot up in the sky. Try this stretch with hands up high. Next it was Baz with an almighty bend. Fold at the hips and let your fins extend. Then mighty Macca washed up with the tide. Squat down, croon the crab and crawl side to side. Lizzie the ray flapped up on the sand. Lie on your tummy with your feet in each hand. Connie felt shy but gave it a go, stretching herself from head to toe. But then came a splat from high in the sky, a nasty surprise from a gull flying by. Her breath shortened, her jaws locked tight, the animals took cover, they were in for a fright. Breathe, Connie, it'll all be okay. Don't let a small splatter ruin your day. Connie's breath deepened. She counted to eight. When she opened her eyes, she said, wow, I feel great. <laughs> Come by the boat ramp Monday at noon and you'll skip away to a happier tune. 
Gabby was right. In just a few weeks, Connie was over her snappy streaks. Now, if something goes wrong or just not her way, Connie uses her breath to keep tantrums at bay. Each day she finds a nice spot on the banks to stretch out, meditate and gently give thanks. Today, Connie the Croc from Constant Creek enjoys yoga with friends on Mondays each week. But Connie still has one thing left to prove. Exactly what is a Croc's yoga move? I love yeah. that. That was so clever. I love the yoga, the extending, the, the crustacean, rhyming with crustacean. I enjoy that. Yeah. Now, going. I noticed there was only one near rhyme in there. Is that a thing that you would try to avoid when you're doing rhyming in a picture book? Yes. Well, um, the person that helped me with the editing process through Larrikin House, um, he has been interviewed on this show before, Rory, H. Uh-huh. H. Mather. Yeah, uh-huh. so... He has given me a golden rule to live by and that's only one near rhyme in a picture book. Mm-hmm. That's all you can get away with unless it's, unless it really, really works. But he, yeah. So he really helped me um, to, to hone in those rhyming skills and I still, uh, yeah, I still need a lot of work with that. And I think it's just comes with time and the more you do it. So, but yes. Just one love near that. that. And shout out to Rory. Rory's awesome. We love Rory on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoy getting read to, so I really enjoyed that. So I hope other people, listeners, did. I think I need it more in my life. Stops when you're an adult. People don't read to you as often. <laughs> now, before we go, um, Michelle, why do you write? I think um, I write because I love storytelling. I love um, telling stories. I love listening to stories. And I think um, I just love seeing the look on children's faces too when they find like my kids' faces when they, you know, hear a book that they love um, or, you know, are reading a book that they love. I think that enjoyment is just infectious and it just makes me want to be a part of it. And I just love it. I love that. Rebecca, why do you write? I I love the creative process, but I think storytelling is such an ingrained part of culture and a human condition. I just think it's something that we all need and there's so much to gain from it Mm -hmm. um, as a writer and as the audience. So, yeah, it's just something that I think I'll keep doing. Absolutely. You're speaking to the converted here, so... (laughs) Well, thank you so much for telling your stories. I really enjoyed the process of you being new authors, new to the public publishing industry and learning so much and, you know, talking about the editing process and well and these as well. And these books are just so fun. And that's what I really like about Larrikin. I'm a huge fan of Larrikin House because I think, of course, the stories have heart and, you know, they can teach kids things, but kids need fun as well, you know, and kids need fun first, I think, in their books, because that's how we're going to establish a, a love of reading for kids. You know, you make them laugh and enjoy books and they'll uh, like books for life. So thank you for your contribution to the literary community. And thank you so much for joining Words and Nerds tonight. Thank you thank so you. much, Jenny. 